welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. I want to share a few thoughts with you this morning. Just around, uh, I've called this uh, message, Church, It's a Family Thing. And I really want to, I guess, talk, you know, it's kind of a, it seems an appropriate kind of theme for today. We're looking at family and, uh, you know, we've just had Deborah and Mills up here with Easton and, and, and with their kids. We just had our kids go out and when I say, when I talk about family thing, and it's one of the things that we talk about a lot as a church here. For those of you who are, you know, come here regularly, we know we talk about family a lot. But when we talk about family, we don't mean mum, dad and the kids. When we talk about family, we talk about, uh, it's kind of this understanding that being a Christian means that we are called to be part of God's family. Not just to believe certain things or to, to behave in a certain way, but to be family together. And it's one of the things that, you know, we, we put the word family in our name because we believe this so strongly. We believe that as we get together as Christians to, to meet together, whether it's on a Sunday or whether it's some other day during the week or in another building or in someone's house, that when we get together as believers, that we are God's family. And so there's a, there, sometimes there are things that our families can teach us about what it means to be part of God's family. I think that it's a, God uses this kind of terminology uh, to describe the church for a reason. And so I want to just share a few little things about the way that um, we talk about family. Over and over again in the New Testament, if you read through the, the Gospels and through the New Testament in the Word of God, we see pictures of what the church is we see pictures that help us to understand how church is meant to function and what its purpose is and we see pictures like or or kind of word pictures we see the church being described as a body with all different kind of parts but that sort of function together to make one whole Uh, we hear the the church being talked about as a as a building or, or or a temple that is made up of living stones which kind of the uh are the people you and you and I as we're part of God's family and as we're believers together in the body of Christ we make up this kind of living temple uh Jesus talked about the church as being like a vine with different branches that are sort of all you know all over the place and sometimes big sometimes small but all sort of connected through him who is this kind of the the center the main kind of the stem if you like of of the vine but time and time again, we're described, or, or the, the believers in the New Testament, when Paul wrote letters or when the other apostles wrote you know, letters to churches and things like that, he always, they were nearly always addressed to the, the brothers and sisters here or you know, when he talks about a, a family uh, in that kind of sense. And believers often referred to each other in that way. They would refer to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's more than just kind of a... Uh, an interesting name it's meant to teach us about what it what it is to be the church church is not just this building church is not just gathering together on a Sunday morning the church is those who are called to be part uh, of God's family so a couple of things about family most of us here are part of a family whether we're close 
uh, in proximity, whether they live far away. Most of us have, have some sort of family members or whether we uh, have good relationships or whether we don't have good relationships with them. Families are interesting, aren't they? Families are interesting and, and a, uh, a word that can mean a whole variety of things depending on our experiences. But a couple of things that in a family, families are made up of all kinds of different people, aren't they? Tall and short, young and old, uh, sorry, young and a little more mature, <laughs> attractive and, no, let's not go there. Uh, but one of the things, you know, aside from our physical appearance, what we find about families and one of the great things that, that I've discovered as a parent uh, is, is kind of exploring the different personalities, the different giftings, the different sort of strengths and weaknesses and all the different kind of things that my kids have. And, and maybe Mills and Deborah are starting to discover some of those ways. And I know I look at all your kids and uh, even as young as they are, they're each different and unique they're each their own person, aren't they? Um, you know, some are nurturers, some are hard workers, some are great providers, some really get into the fun and love games and, and play, but, but each is unique. They have their own interests and hobbies. They have their own likes and dislikes um, and, uh, and strengths and weaknesses. One of the weaknesses that I've noticed in some of my children is a particular fondness for vanilla Coke. <laughs> Ten just, so just seems to be unable to pass it by at times. But, but we're all different. And one of the great things about church is that we can celebrate our, our uniqueness and our, our diversity. We come from different backgrounds. You know, you can look around this room today and see people that have come from all different kinds of uh, nations and backgrounds and, and experiences. And Jesus was the kind of person, when you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus was the kind of person that would talk to anybody. Like, he didn't care where you were from. He didn't care if you were a, a social outcast or looked down on by other people. He didn't care if you were rich or poor. Um, you, know, he did, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, Jesus hung around with the, the poor and the outcasts. It's like, yes, he did, but he also hung around with religious people and he hung around with wealthy people and he loved them too. We read story after story about the diverse types of people that Jesus came across and what mattered to him was not uh, what kind of person you are or where you were born or how much money you had. What mattered to him was your openness to talking about, or, you know, to, to accepting him. And, and, you know, what was in your heart? Accepting and even celebrating each other's uniqueness is important and it's something that we do as a family church. But, you know, there's a difference between uh, individuality and independence, isn't there? Individuality uh, is uh, that understanding that I'm a unique person. Individuality is understanding that, you know, God has a plan for my life and He's given me particular gifts and skills that kind of suit that and uh, individuality is not being pressured into being what somebody else is or, or playing that kind of comparison game where we go, well, I have to try to be like that person if I want to be successful. Individuality says that I can stand up for myself when I need to that I can exercise my own free will. 
obviously in age-appropriate ways. <laughs> how, that, how that is outworked in, a, in an adult is different to how that's outworked in a, in a toddler, isn't it? You know, sometimes toddlers want to have their own free will, but it's not always safe to allow them to do that, isn't it? So individuality and understanding that we are each unique and created by the master creator is a great thing. Independence is this idea that says, I don't need anybody else in my life. Independence says, I can do it on my own. Independence says, I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks, I'm just going to do what I want. I remember some, uh, some times when my kids were young and, and maybe there have been moments that you can relate to this, guys, but there were moments when my kids were little that they wanted to do their own thing. You know, it's like you'd be trying to cross the street and there'd be cars going everywhere and they would not want to hold your hand. <laughs> like, I can do it on my own. <laughs> they'd be trying to do things that they don't quite, you know, trying to put the seatbelt in. We had a few of those kind of standoffs. You know, I want to do it myself, but their kind of their fine, fine motor skills weren't quite developed enough and we'd sit there sometimes in the car for 10 minutes waiting for a child to have to put the seatbelt on because they had to do it themselves. Sometimes it's, it's little more than, than pride and arrogance to think that we don't need anybody else. But isn't that kind of the, the growing kind of uh, view of our society, particularly our Western society, that says the absolute, the ultimate expression of success is to be completely independent and to not need help from anybody else? And I don't know about you, but sometimes... Uh, there are moments in my life where it's hard, it, it kind of, it, it is a humbling thing when you get to a point where you have to acknowledge that you need help from somebody. And it almost feels like we're a failure because we had to ask for help. But no, the reality is, and what, what God says, is that we are each unique, but that we are interconnected. God says we need each other. God says that uh, we, we work better together when, uh, when we're part of a family. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, it says, The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptised into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. We're interconnected because of our relationship with Christ. We're interconnected because we are part of God's family. But even more than that, he says we need each other. He goes on uh, in verse 26, it says, If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. So he's actually going further than just like, you know, we're interconnected. He says, when we actually help each other, when we actually look out for each other, we all benefit. But when we just go, I'm just doing my thing and I don't care, you know, what happens to anybody else, it says we actually have the potential to harm ourselves. This is what church is supposed to be. This is what God's family is is supposed to be. Now, sadly, we don't always do that right. Sadly, throughout history, the church hasn't always done that well. We're we're human and we get wrapped up in our own stuff, but this is God's plan for us. 
when we submit and listen to Him and follow Him, that, uh, that, that this is kind of how things have the potential to be and God wants them to be. Secondly, in a family, we don't always agree. How many of you know that's true? <laughs> in a family, we don't always see eye to eye about stuff, do we? Even uh, I, I know that my wife and I don't always agree on everything, let alone my children. Like <laughs> I try to remind my children that I'm always right, but the, the older they get, the less they seem to believe me. It's, it's weird, I don't know. <laughs> yes. And sometimes, like, this is something that people observe in our churches, in, in the Church of God. And sometimes people look at the Church of God and go, well, they're always arguing with each other, they can't agree on stuff, you know, that's why they've got all these different churches and they all do things differently, you know, um, like, what's with that? But a church is always going to have people who don't see things exactly the same. I think it's great that we have different expressions of church in our communities. It's great that we have different ways of worshipping, different kind of ways of, of connecting, different strengths and different weaknesses, different focuses. There is, there is far too much for um, you know, just one style of church to really do. God wants to do more than that and I think that's okay. We're human beings with our own, because we are all different, because we are all unique. Somebody once said that, you know, if you're looking for opinions about a particular topic, generally you have about as many opinions as there are people in the room. Uh, and sometimes that, that's true. Sometimes even when we seem to agree, that we kind of, if we really get into it, sometimes there are little areas where we don't always see exactly the same thing, do we? But it's interesting you know, our, our different characters, our different personalities, our different strengths, our different focus, uh, our different gifts are going to mean that we see things from a different perspective. Uh, us people in church, uh, uh, us people in God's family are no different to, to others in that respect, that we don't always see things exactly the same. However, there are also times when there are lines of authority. There are also times when... Uh, you know, in, in school, a teacher has authority over the class and if they say to the students, you need to complete this assignment, then the student completes that assignment, in theory. <laughs> if they don't, then there are consequences. Uh, in in our, our country, we have a government who makes laws and there are uh, uh, members of the police force who enforce those laws. And so there are lines of authority, uh, depending on our roles and, and depending on what's going on. In families... Uh, parents have responsibility and so they have authority because they have responsibility to care. We have authority over our children, particularly as they're young uh, and as they're learning. Uh, because they're not able to care for themselves, they need us to, to, to do that. We carry that responsibility for their welfare. And so with that comes the authority at times to make choices for them. But there are other situations where it's not, you know, in, in the church family, where it's not necessarily a, a, a right and a wrong, sometimes it's about a preference. Sometimes it's just about what I like versus what you like. I like this song, you like that song. You know, I like comfy chairs, you like hard chairs. I don't know, I'm just making stuff up now. But, you know, we, sometimes we like things different. You know, I like to preach for 40 minutes and you'd prefer me to preach for 20 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, but what do we do in those kind of situations where it's just kind of like a, a preference thing? Um, do we fight for our way? Do we always, you know, do, do we always kind of go, well, this is what I want and so this is how it ought to be? And sadly, there are churches, or sadly, there are people in churches who are exactly like that. You know, and we see over and over again, not here, obviously. You know, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Um, in, in Philippians 2, Paul writes and he says, don't just look out for your own interests, but think about, you know, the interests of one another. There are times, you know, that we can sort of make compromises and, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, I want to preach for 40 minutes, you, you want me to preach for 20, so we'll go 30 and we'll meet in the middle, you know, and everybody's happy or unhappy, as the case might be. Sometimes a, a compromise is where everybody's equally unhappy, isn't it? <laughs> We find an option, we all, you know, kind of dislike the same amount. Um, sometimes there's a middle ground. Sometimes it's a good thing to say, I'm going to, you know, defer to someone else. You know, the Scripture talks about submitting to one another out of reverence for God. And it's about this sense of, I don't always have to get my way. It's not just about me. Sometimes I'm here to serve, to give, um, to, to make compromises to the way that I would like things for the sake of the whole. Alright, so we don't always agree. Last, in a family, we're there for each other. In a family, we're there for each other. In a family, when you, you, your family members, sometimes there are things that you would do for family members that you wouldn't do for um, just friends or colleagues from work or, you know, a stranger on the street, isn't there? And, and sometimes I, I think that th- this, is, this is one of those things that, that family is about being there for each other, especially in a crisis. When, when we're in a crisis, when we, you know, someone's rushed to the hospital, the first people we usually call is their family. We have this amazing, being part of God's family means that God is always there for us. In Hebrews uh, 13 says, For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, and all of you who are believers who trust in Jesus can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on my side, I don't have to be afraid about what my future will bring. I don't have to be afraid about, you know, what my boss is going to do or, you know, what my wife's going to do when I get home and she finds out what I did last night or... No, no, maybe that's a different scenario. Uh, (laughs) But we help each other out and we're there for each other. We forgive each other. And this is really important. It's something that at times we can struggle with, but it's really important that in our family that we forgive each other. We don't quit, we don't give up, we don't say, that's it, I've had enough of you, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back, you're done. Like so many people have that kind of mindset and attitude in our world today, it's why we see so many marriages and families breaking down because people just go, nah, I can't be bothered anymore, you've upset me and I, I don't want to forgive you. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We help out, we forgive and we love. Jesus said that our our love for one another would be the defining characteristic of true Christians. The defining characteristic of His church 
will be the way that we love. And he calls us to love not just when it's easy, not just when it's convenient, but he calls us to love the way that he loved. He calls us to love sacrificially. He calls us to lay down our lives for one another. And that might not mean going to a cross for us today, but at times it means choosing to put aside our desires, choosing to let go of our, um, the things that we wanted in order to bless somebody else, in order to, to, to lift up or to build up or to care for someone else. He laid down his life for us. It's an amazing thing to be part of God's family and God has extended to each one of us, to every single human being, God has extended an invitation to be a part of his family. But here's the thing, we have to choose to accept it. We have to choose to say, yes, I want to be part of God's family. We become part of God's family by personally knowing and living for Jesus. One last scripture before we close. John 1, uh, verse 10 to 12 says, He came into the very world He created. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. So I want to ask two questions this morning. The first is this. Have you believed and trusted in Jesus? Have you accepted Him as your Saviour? Have you made a choice to surrender your life and follow Him? If not, I want to encourage you to think about that. I'm happy to talk with anybody who wants to talk about what is involved in doing that this morning after the service. But the second question is this. Maybe this morning you're like, yep, I've trusted Jesus. Yes, I've accepted Him. Um, trying to follow Him as best as I can. But here's the question for you. Have you accepted the invitation to be part of His family? Have you accepted that invitation to be part of His family and all the stuff that comes with that? It's easy to, to trust in Jesus and sometimes it's hard to trust in people because people let us down. Sometimes there's this temptation to, uh, to, to keep up our guard, to keep up our walls, to keep people out, to, to, be, uh, to protect ourselves. And I, I, I know that there are people who are sitting in church today that are isolated and alone, surrounded by people, because they haven't accepted that invitation to be a part of the family. Being part of the family is more than just about coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's about being willing to let other people in. About being willing to, to do those things that we were talking about this morning. To be there for someone else and to allow others to be there for you. To understand and to celebrate the differences uh, between us. To, to, to forgive and to, to sometimes to compromise in areas where we don't agree with others. Sometimes being part of the family means, you know, being, means serving. 
when you're part of the family, uh, you don't expect to just kind of sit down at the dinner table and be waited on hand and foot. You know, someone will say, Oi, come and help with the dishes. <laughs> you know, if you're part of this church family, there'll be moments when we'll expect you to help out with something because that's what family does. This is not just kind of a thing where we just do everything for you and you just sit back and, you know, um, relax. Like being part of the family means that we all kind of chip in and help out. We do things and, and stuff. We work together. This is not a, a, a business. It's not an organization. I'm not the boss. I'm not running the show. I'm just part of the family. Part of what I do is, is getting up here and encouraging you and, and, and teaching you stuff from God's Word and, and other things as well. But, you know, we all have a role and a part to play. Have you accepted that invitation to be part of his family. I want to leave you with those questions. We're just going to pray. We invite the music team. We're going to come and close with a final song this morning. Encourage you to stay and um, have some morning tea at the end. But let's just pray before we before we close. Father, we thank you that you are a good father. We thank you that you love us. You care for us. You watch over us, and you are always there for us. Lord, we thank you for church. We thank you that that you have designed church in the way that you have to to be a family to be people that look out for each other and care for each other and support each other and lift each other up to pray for each other to share things together and we pray that that as we continue to seek you uh, as we continue to to seek to be a church family lord that you help us and you guide us and you teach us what that means day by day we pray this in jesus name Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.